us from the press box right here on the AHL Report. It is Tuesday, January 16th, 2019, and I am your host for today, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'm joined every week by the one and only, the best editor-in-chief out there, the founder of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Glad to be here on a... uh... A lovely mid-January day. Lovely. I, I from uh, the weather, the weather peoples down here in Pennsylvania say that we're actually going to start finally getting some weather, kind of like Canada has been having for a while. Oh yeah. So yeah. You're going to actually get snow. I think so. You know, we had snow like we had like one big snowstorm back in like. I don't know, early November or something like that. Um, And then we haven't had any since then, which is really odd. So unfortunately, I think that means that Mother Nature has been keeping tabs and we're just going to get dumped on for the next three months. So yay. We're sending hockey weather your way. Well, I'll take it. If someone can come build an outdoor rink uh, as well, that'd be great. To skate in the snow would be pretty fun. Um, so keeping track of all of your <laughs> requests, you need somebody to build a rink. You need yeah. uh, Tim Horton's hockey cards. And I think there was still one do. more. Haven't gotten any. Um, yeah. There was, what, wasn't it food of some kind? Yeah, probably. 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 Or and I'm still Newton. waiting on now we have Fig Newtons. It's National Fig Newton Day. Oh, is it now? You're just diving I'm... right in with the Fig Newtons. <laughs> Had I known getting, this, I would. I actually don't it. mind Fig Newtons. Really, yeah, I don't I, mind I don't, Fig Newtons. I don't, like, I don't like them. Oh come on. No, I'm I'm saving I'm saving up for Saturday because Saturday. What Saturday? National Pop Popcorn Day. Well, that doesn't count. That's like every day of the week for you. Well, it's funny. I looked at the calendar and it said, and there's two things. It said uh, world, not even national, but world cork day. Uh, so I thought, what? okay, that's good for math guys. And and then national pat- popcorn day. And then when I checked into it, well, a quark, you know what a quark is. Quark is particle physics. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a basic, it's a fundamental particle Quarks make up um, protons and neutrons and all that kind of stuff. That's a quark. It's in particle physics. Anyway, but when I looked at the World <laughs> Quark Day, it had nothing to do with particle physics. It was some kind of yogurt substitute or something. I don't even. I, it was. I, I don't even know what it is. Yeah. I like. I. I'm lost all around because you're pulling out that <laughs> math degree. <laughs> crap on me again which stick with national popcorn day really i like it so will you will you wait until no you remember that show quirks and quirks quirks and quirks remember that it was like a Uh, no it was bbc well did they air that in america i thought you get like pbs stuff no we do so we get some bbc stuff but not all of it Mm. Not all of it. If so will so have you a wait? Fig Newton. Yeah. Yes. Well, I like Fig Newtons. Um, I haven't had one in years. I don't know that I'll go out and buy any, but you know, will you will you wait until Saturday to indulge in your popcorn to celebrate National Popcorn Day, or or will you cave before then? Hmm. Well, you have to work your way up to it, you know. <laughs> and how does that qualify exactly? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, make a small batch and then a medium batch and then That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Let us know how making a small batch goes. <laughs> well, ideally what you do is like you see at the arenas when you go in and you and and they have those 
giant garbage bags, like a clear garbage bag full of them. And so you'd, you'd be making batches every day to, to just dive into on Saturday. Really? But that's why arena popcorn tastes like it's two weeks old. So, Well, that's true. That's very true. Well, Not that I'm complaining. <laughs> we're going to have to do... We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get you like a um like a like a grading worksheet of AHL arena popcorn. Yeah. And you're gonna have you're gonna have to taste test your way through AHL arena popcorn and, and tell the people what they really wanna know, which is which is the best arena to visit to eat popcorn. Well, snacks at the PPL Center are not bad and um we're just there no, on they're Friday not. night. And, um, you know, normally it's the popcorn, that, but uh, their, their pretzels are pretty good. Oh, yeah. Philadelphia Pretzel Factory brings those in, and they were, they were pipe, like they had just been delivered. They were piping hot and super soft, and oh, yeah. PPL Center snacks, uh, press, press row snacks are very good, but, but, oh, but so, okay, we're going we're gonna to give you the popcorn assessment assignment, and I'll be on the nachos assessment assignment. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cuz we bring we bring the information that people really want. Face it. And even beyond that, we will have lots of different information for you today. We actually we have uh, plenty to talk about today. Um speaking of those Lehigh Valley Phantoms, we were there in fact on Friday night for their first game in a 3 and 3 that they had last weekend. Uh they were hosting the Binghamton Devils last Friday night, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh before we get to that, however, we're going to take a look at how the Rocket did on their two-game road trip to Winnipeg last weekend where they were playing uh the Manitoba Moose. Um, and talk about some changes in the the roster uh, ahead of their game tonight. We're, of course, then going to head in segment two around the AHL, talk about the player of the week, and uh, talk about, you know, unfortunately, because of the way the AHL uh, scheduling works, East Coast, Eastern Conference and Western Conference, they never see each other until the the Calder Cup final. Um, And so... We don't always get to talk about, um, you know, in how how teams in the Western Conference are doing. But there's a particular team who, for the first portion of the year, frankly, their statistics looked a lot like Laval's have looked the first part portion of the year. They were they were not doing very well at all, and they have made a complete turnaround and are just surging up through the standings and and really making a case to make it into the playoffs. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna touch on what team that is, um, and and a little bit behind that magic that's going on out there in the West Coast, um, and then beyond the AHL, we're gonna spend a, a few minutes talking about uh, a name that should be familiar to anyone listening who was a fan of the St. John's Ice Caps when the Montreal Canadiens uh, had that affiliation with the AH, uh, for their AHL affiliate um, for the last. Uh, two seasons prior to them coming to Laval. Uh, and that would be Connor Crisp, a former Montreal Canadiens prospect. We're going to talk a little bit about Connor. Um, we've, we've mentioned him uh, probably last season in one of Rick's where are they now segments about, you know, what, what he's been doing as far as playing hockey and so forth. Um, we're going to take a look at where Connor is now uh, and what's been going on with him and uh, some media attention that he got uh, earlier this week, uh, over the weekend, actually. Uh, and we will do that prior to just giving you a quick preview of what games are on tap for this week uh, for Rocket Sports Media coverage. So lots to talk about, as usual. Sounds great. It does. So let's uh, – first, let's tra- – you know, you say um, that you're going to send Pennsylvania some hockey weather uh, – Folks up there in, in Quebec have certainly had their share of snow and whatnot. Let's talk about real Canadian weather and let's talk about Manitoba and Winnipeg <laughs> because that is where the Laval rocket headed to last week for two games. And to be honest, Rick, I think, I think that it took the 
I think it took the rocket a little while to thaw out when they got there uh, because they're <laughs> Because their first game um, was abysmal. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and use that adjective. It was abysmal. In fact, um, you know, had high hopes for it. It was Charlie Lindgren's uh, finally uh, return to playing uh, after being sidelined with an injury since early December. He came back into the lineup to start um, in this game. And um, unfortunately... 60 minutes later, the Manitoba Moose, who are at the bottom of their division, they might even be at the bottom of the, the conference standings for the West, um, beat them four to nothing, blanked them. And whew, Laval, Laval did not look good. They outshot them 35 to 27. Laval outshot Manitoba 35 to 27, but could not put anything up on the board. Manitoba scored two in the first period, two in the third period, and that was all she wrote. Was not a pretty game, Rick. Not a um, uh, not a good defensive game for uh, Laval. Um, you know, it, it maybe it's not a surprise uh, because we've been talking about them all season having trouble scoring, but uh, normally uh, defensively uh, they've been pretty good, and um, but. Um, David Schlemko was uh, was a minus two in this game. Um, uh, Xavier Willette, um, you know, was a minus one. The 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 additions that they they had on defense, um, in particular, um, mm-hmm. the experienced folks uh, didn't look particularly good. Um, uh, Dan Audette, who you know has has had a recent surge in offensive pro- uh, productivity, he was a minus two. Um, so defensively, they they uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a very good game, and and uh, it was a pretty um, uh, rough game as well with fights, roughing uh, minors, um, um, a, a pretty pretty scrappy kind of uh, performance, uh, but not a good one by by Lavelle. Well, a game misconduct handed out within the within the first ten minutes of the game, um, which that really kind of. And that was at the time of the first fight as well. So that really kind of set the tone. It, 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 frankly, it set the tone for the whole weekend um, because they didn't get much more disciplined in the second game on Saturday. The one thing that concerned me, um, so Charlie Lingrett, the and quite frankly, the first goal that went in uh, was, a, was a big shot uh, from the point. Uh, it was either the top of the circle or from the point. Um, and Frank... Charlie Lindgren got over for it. It just, it deflected off his blocker and, and it's one of those bad bounce kinds of things. It, it deflected backwards into the net instead of deflecting away. Uh, not his, not Charlie Lindgren's fault at all, but as the game progressed, um, I certainly was a little concerned with how he was looking in the crease, um, not from a talent or skill standpoint, but from a, okay, it's his first game back. And is he really a hundred percent healthy? Um, which is not something I usually speculate about because I'm, I like to be confident that a player that comes back from injury, particularly a goaltender um, is going to be healthy when they come back. Um, And there was a, there was a point in the third period where uh, he made a a, a full stretch uh, to make a save and immediately looked like he pulled up a little bit um, and didn't look himself. Uh, completely after that, let's just say. And, and frankly, he had left the crease and was skating towards the tunnel to leave the ice with four seconds left on the clock. He was, he was not happy. You could tell Um, whether it was from the performance or from whatever, whatever he was feeling. um, He wasn't, he wasn't a happy camper. So I wasn't sure who was actually going to start, um, on Saturday, interestingly enough, to play two games, Laval flew all three goaltenders out to Manitoba. Uh, so I wasn't sure who, who would get the start on Saturday. I figured, um, you know, maybe McNiven would get the start. But sure enough, um, Rick Lindgren was back in the net on Saturday. Uh, they did have a day off in between. Um, and that he, he had mentioned that he was, you know, hurting a little bit but but nothing 
nothing serious or anything like that. And he was back in the net on Saturday. And this time it was just, I mean, nobody could stop scoring and um, special teams on all sides were just, this was just an offensive game and the goaltenders were, were very busy. Um, And Laval ended up winning this one six to five in the shootout. Power play goals, a shorthanded goal in there somewhere. And, and uh, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it, um, but, but, but as you say, I, I guess the concern is for Charlie Lindgren, given that he's been out so long, given that he had an injury, um, and you thought he might have been in a, a long road trip, um, uh, given that he might have been um, managed more carefully, and, and with the game going into overtime in a shootout, there's those extra minutes there as well. Um, right. And his his recoveries just didn't seem to be um, the same rather than popping up. They were a little bit slower. So um, I, I don't, I'm, the, the Canadians this season manage, managing uh, goaltenders who have existing injuries. Uh, there's not a good track record there. And, and uh, this one seemed uh, a little bit odd. I, I agree with you there. Um as you said, that Laval managed to get um, three out of five power play goals. Um, Manitoba, however, got two two out of seven. Um, so it was another undisciplined game. So so the PK still was giving up some goals. Um, but Daniel Aldette, you just mentioned Daniel Aldette um, finding some productivity here. Um, he actually was the only one to score. Uh, in the shootout, and he now has uh, 11 points in his last 10 games. He's finding time on the top line now. Um, so I, I'm kind of giving a little round of applause to Daniel Audet for he's he's really seemed to have found some confidence. Um, and now that he's getting more ice time and and promotion promoted up up through the ranks a bit, that seems to be helping as well. Um, but yes, the 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 big question mark was the decision to play Lingren again, um, especially if you've got three goaltenders on the trip with you, you don't have to play him again. Um, I, I'm very questionable. Now, now that saga kind of continues here, Rick, because now, okay, they're, they're back from Winnipeg. They've had a couple of days of practice this week and they have a home game tonight against Belleville. Lindgren is not playing tonight. Um, allegedly what's being reported, Patrick Frillette from RDS has reported that the rocket would like to uh, give Lindgren a couple of treatment days um, because he apparently, as, as they're saying, uh, he wasn't quite feeling a hundred percent healthy over the weekend. So they just want to give him a little more time. Okay. That's, that's understandable. Um, let's hope that he hadn't been rushed back too quickly or anything like that. It's that it's something minor and that he'll be playing again this weekend and in the back to back. Um, But the interesting part now is you would, you would, I know we don't like to assume, but one would think, right. That then that would mean that Michael McNiven probably gets the start tonight. Right. Well, there's, there's, there's two goaltending prospects in Laval. Um, mm-hmm. There's Charlie Lindgren, who's a bit, you know, quite a bit more further advanced in, in his development, but um, uh, Michael McNiven is, is a great goaltending prospect and, and uh, you know, his, he had an um, excellent junior career. And so I'm sure that the Canadians are, are, are um, you know, particularly with, with Lindgren out wanting to make sure that, uh, he gets uh, as many starts as he can and, and to uh, uh, help develop him and build his confidence. And so uh, uh, Michael McNiven, um, I expect he'll be in the net tonight. Uh, you but, know, I would expect, uh, yeah, I would expect that as well, but is, is right. Um, but that's not what's going to happen tonight. Michael McNiven will find himself uh, on the bench playing backup to Connor Lacouvet tonight. Um and I'm sorry, but this is it, it, this is getting ridiculous. Um, great, Connor Lacouvet has been a great story. He signed a PTO. He came in. He's won some big games. Um, it's a great, happy story. He is not a Canadian's prospect, as you just said. There are two very solid goaltending prospects in Laval. If one of them is not playing, 
then the other one should be the one starting unless they just started last night in a back-to-back situation, which is not the case. In fact, I'd have to look to see when the la- it's been probably two weeks since Michael McNiven got a start because he didn't, he didn't start at all last week. So he's plenty rested. You know, they're playing Belleville tonight. They're tied with Belleville at the bottom of the North division standings. Um, with 38 points in the conference, they are tied at 14 and 15 out of, out of 16. So they're, they're in the basement tied in points uh, with Belleville right now. So obviously they want the two points. Obviously they need the win. Um, And obviously, I don't, I guess apparently Joel Bouchard thinks that they've got a better shot at winning with Connor LaCouve over Michael McNiven. Even if, even if for some reason that's true, what do, do, do folks not understand development? Do folks not understand what it does, especially to goaltenders who tend to, to be very much in their heads what it does when, oh, the starter's not starting. Oh, and I'm not starting either. I'm getting passed over for a guy who's here on a PTO. I just, Rick, I, I don't, this seems to be a constant roulette of this happening. Um, and I don't like seeing it happening at, at the goaltending position. Um, you know, anti Niami is not going to be your solution in Montreal much longer. And they have to. Well, well, maybe Connor Lacouve is. I, oh I yes. Yeah. Um, I, what 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 we keep forgetting, of course, we don't forget. But but um, <laughs> we we just we just hope he wasn't serious when um, uh, the, co- the head coach said, um, "I don't really care about development. I, development is meaningless to me. All I want to do, I will coach to the day I die." Um, going for the win, and um, that's great. That's that's wonderful. But but maybe the AHL isn't the spot for you then, because the AHL is a development league, and um, as as we we heard with um, the with Stefan LeBeau uh, in the last coaching regime getting let go by the the um, the Canadians, that all he cared about was winning and all he cared about was, was pushing uh, players to, uh, to win. And that as Sylvain Lefebvre reminded him that this is a development league and it's not always about that. Decisions are not always uh, made that way because you have to think you have to have a long-term vision. You have to have the long-term picture for uh, your prospects um, because uh, you want them to succeed. You want to put them in a position to succeed long term um so i have i i in no way does this help uh michael mcniven's long-term development um and uh you know if 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 the answer coming back is well we've already given up on him uh because we've got uh caden primo in the in the pipeline well um you know caden primo is is a long way away um, despite his good play and lots of things can happen. And five minutes ago, Michael McNiven was Caden Primo, was that guy, right. was that, that guy uh, um, who had a, a superb future in front of him. Um, so it's, it's, um, uh, you know, he's, he's going on instinct. He's going on feel. He's, he's, he thinks that Lacouve has a better chance against, um, <laughs> against uh, uh, Belleville, I guess, but you know um, that's not the way you call. Jan Dunne may have may have had a a a, a better opportunity, um, a, a better chance of winning a couple of years ago. But but the decisions weren't made that way. Uh, Jan Dunne was there to back up, um, and and it just seems it just seems uh, that things are being done a little bit backwards or or uh, with 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 much much different priorities uh, than we've seen for uh, franchises who successfully manage their AC, AHL affiliate. 
Absolutely. You know, and it's, I think people, I think people tend to forget that because, you know, you, you mentioned Bouchard talking about his, his take on, on development and, and coaching for the win and things like that. And I think people tend to forget that he made those statements because he's changed his tune, at least, uh, at least in front of the media since then, he, he seems to have, at times fallen more into kind of lockstep with the, Oh yes, you know, we're, we're developing players and and things like that. And, you know, who knows where that's, where that's coming from. But the fact of the matter is when he came to this club, those were the statements that he made that winning was what was important and development was going to take a back seat. Um, And like he said, I'm I'm looking back at a Montreal Gazette uh, article from from back in October, early October, right around the time that the season started, and he's quoted as saying from, on an appearance at TSN 690. So we need to do this in the environment of a winning culture here, and winning is not only on the scoreboard; it's also the way you handle yourself as a player off the ice. With me, they know it; it's black and white. Um, and that's, he, that was the, that's been the theme since day one, a quote unquote winning environment, um, which is not, certainly not what Laval has been providing their prospects or their, or their signings. Um, and it's, I mean, how many different players have we talked about this regarding uh, most recently it's been it's been the Sherbacks and it's been the Della Roses and it's been you know I mean it's it's just when are we going to stop putting development on the back burner as a sacrifice to the hockey gods I guess in the hopes that you're going to get a win and so far that hasn't worked this season because in case anybody hasn't noticed they're tied for last place in the division. Yeah, I think that that uh, what bothers me is it just a, a completely a misunderstanding of the role of the franchise and and what development is. Um, it kind of kind of says that that um, uh, de- development and and winning are are all one. If you're getting winning, if you're winning, uh, you're going to get development automatically uh, as as a byproduct of that. And and you know I I understand that 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 one of the aspects of, of becoming a pro is, is to understanding what it's like to, to live in a, um, in a winning environment. That's great, but, but it should be development first winning as a byproduct of that. Um, and, and he's got it, uh, he's got it completely backwards uh, because um, development doesn't necessarily come um, uh, even when you're winning. And as you said, they're not even winning. Right. They're, they're not. And sure. They went on a, they went on a little bit of a hot streak there in December, but they were home. Um, and, and every team is going to have their, their good looks here and there. Um, but it's the consistency and, and sure we're getting the, Oh, well, it, you know, everyone wants everything so fast and it takes a while to come together and, it takes a while for things to start gelling and now everybody's buying in. And so now things are gelling. Well, the fact of the matter is you got shut out by the worst team in the Western conference on Thursday. That's, that's black and you want black and white. That's black and white. That's what happened. Now, sure. They came back then on Saturday and won, but again, they were playing the, uh, once again, they were playing the worst team in the Western conference and they just barely beat them six to five in a shootout. So it's not like they dominated the play at all. Um, it's it's just I know we've kind of digressed off of where this started with Michael McNiven not, not getting the start tonight, but it's just it's this it's this symptom that se- seems to keep cropping up, um, and we're already beyond now the midpoint of the season, and and I don't see that getting any better anytime soon. Um, I'm just going to give you one other quote from, from it, from just to remind people from early in the season, this was back in September. This was an article that was on 
Sportsnet, an interview that was done with, with Bouchard on Sportsnet back in September before the season started. He said, I played in the AHL a lot, and I know what it is. I know the mindset. You're one step away from the NHL, but it's a big step. For me, it's such a great way to be in hockey and get to work with these guys on that. It's something special. But making the playoffs is the goal every year, and it should be in any league you play in. The day they will take the scoreboard away, I'll do something else. Even if we're working with kids and trying to get them to the next level, you don't play to lose, you play to win. We need to play the right way in order to win, and that's what will enable players to take the next step up. That's your head coach, Joel Bouchard, before the season started. Just as a reminder. All right. Do I need to take deep breaths? <laughs> I just, you know, you, 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 you correctly remind us of that. And it, and it just, it, it just sticks in my craw because I think I, nobody talks about that. The, the Montreal media certainly doesn't talk about it. The French media certainly doesn't talk about it. These were things that he said. Just because he's still not saying them in front of the media doesn't mean that that's not still how he's operating and running his team. And it's decisions like today's goaltending t- decision that make you question what's what's the agenda. Yeah, so, I think whether whether it's it's said or not, uh, that message is constantly being reinforced by the decisions, the coaching decisions, the lineup decisions, the. Uh, ice time decisions, all those kinds of decisions that uh, that we've seen throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, so they are playing the Belleville Senators tonight. Uh, David Schlemko, uh, after playing two games in Winnipeg, as you said, he was uh, he was a m- minus two on the first game. He was a minus one in the second game, the one that they won six to five in a shootout, he was a minus one, but he did get an assist. Uh, he also managed to pick up an injury, a minor injury along the way uh, somewhere in that game. And he is out of the lineup with a day-to-day injury. Uh, so um, just so happens that last night, Carl Alsner got sent down from the Canadians. Uh, so he it will allegedly be slotting into the lineup today. Um, there's, there's word out there from, from RDS and other outlets that are saying that Alsner's just coming down to play this game and then he's going back up to Montreal, um, which, okay. <laughs> um, we had somebody on Twitter say, say something about um, that, that whenever Laval needs help, they'll call up somebody from Montreal. And that's exactly what's happening here. Um it's it's bizarre the the mentality we, well we need a, a an NHL defenseman to fill in for for Schlemko. so uh rather than you know the the opportunity for for uh one of the other defensemen whoever it might be uh to get more playing time um it's uh no we're going to get Alsner into the lineup yeah it's it's just I give up on trying to figure out what's happening and why these, why these, why these things occur. Um, I'm just kind of trying to roll with it. (laughs) Whatever the reason is, it's not development of your prospects. Whatever the reason is, it's clear. It's not helping the, the, the development. No. Uh, allegedly, again, this isn't confirmed from Laval, but allegedly Sklenichka is gonna is gonna sit tonight. Uh, he's he's had he's had some good games recently. Um, he was a he was a plus one on uh, on Saturday, and he had five shots on goal uh, the night that they got blanked four to nothing, and and was even on the plus minus. Um, he's, he's been playing decently, but apparently he's taking a seat tonight. So there's an, there's an example for you where we're going to, we're going to bring Carl Alsner down and start him and Sklenichka might find himself in the press box tonight. Questionable for sure. Um, so we'll keep you, uh, of course, filled in on that. On, on the Lehigh Valley Phantom side of things, Rick, before we talk about Friday's game, 
uh, and how the three and three went for the Phantoms. Dale Weiss uh, got placed on waivers yesterday from Philadelphia and was not claimed. So it looks like Dale Weiss will be joining the roster of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms this weekend, Um, which uh, that'll be (laughs) speaking of the NHL, uh, NHL players playing down uh, with, with their AHL club. But we were in PPL center on Friday night for the Phantoms game against Binghamton. Um, It was the start of, of a three and three for them. And, I can imagine, you know, Kerry Huffman, head coach Harry Huffman, who is Kerry Huffman, who is now head coaching the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, now that the former head coach Scott Gordon is the interim head coach for the Philadelphia Flyers, with Dave Haxall getting fired uh, a month or so ago, Kerry uh, Huffman seemed pretty optimistic and pretty happy-go-lucky despite the loss on Friday night, uh, two to one to Binghamton. But they went on then. Saturday, they got shut out at home by Hershey three to nothing, and then they traveled to Hershey Sunday afternoon and lost five to four. So, no points in three games in three days. Probably not how they wanted that weekend to go, especially with division rivals. Um, he was uh, just just to to add to what you said about Dale Weiss. Um, um, I, I I don't I haven't obviously seen um, uh, many Flyers games so I don't know what's happening there but I will say and and Canadians fans are are um, very familiar with Dale Weiss um, mm-hmm. and have a I think a, a soft spot in their heart for for a player like that who who works hard and gives you a genuine effort um, but when uh, when we we're making our rounds in the preseason we saw it two games I think that uh, Dale Weiss played in uh, for Philadelphia and and he he looked great in both games when he was on the ice things were happening Um, he can he's he's only 30 years old he can still skate Um, Mm. um, that's one of his strengths he's he plays with an edge he um, you know, aggressive on the forecheck. He was creating turnovers. He looked pretty good. Um, I thought it, and now that was exhibition season. It, it was, you know, just the preseason, but he looked, he looked fine. Um, and I think, um, you know, him being put on waivers, um, he probably would have been uh, picked up uh, other than the fact that he, he just makes too much money. He's in an enormous contract. Yeah, two point four million this year and next, um, and so for what he does, uh, for how often he plays, he just makes too much money. Um, yeah, and he but, he's had a sorry. Go ahead. No, no, fine. Go ahead. No, I was I was I was simply just going to jump in there just to say he's had a, a decent season with the Flyers in forty two games played. He's had five goals, six assists, so eleven points in forty two games. That's, I was just going to jump in there to say that. That's fine for the fourth line. There's nothing wrong with yeah, that at all. No, nothing wrong with that at all. But you understand the new GM comes in. There's, there's, there's players he wants to feature. He wants to go in a different direction. Doesn't have the same sort of attachment to, uh, to Weiss. So uh, he's, he's making those kinds of moves. Um but uh, and and uh, so he'll find his himself um, with uh, with Lehigh Valley and and what's going to be his his leadership his he's he's a great team guy and and mm-hmm. uh, you know the Phantoms are are certainly off kilter they're they're um, you know they're they're not themselves um, now. Um, as you said, Kerry Hoffman was, he was happy with the, uh, um, uh, he was in, in a pretty good mood, even, even though, even in losing to, to Binghamton on Friday night, um, he just kept saying, if, if we outshoot them, if we outchance them, if we continue to, to do that, it, to play the way we did in that game, uh, we're going to win more often than not. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I'm, his his optimism. He said he didn't really have much to say to the team at that point, but um, you know, with with him, that optimism didn't obviously carry the the, the team through the weekend. Um, no, because uh, because it seemed if anything they went they went uh, downhill uh, in the three and three that they had. 
Absolutely. Um, they're four, six and zero in their last 10 games, which is not the direction they want to be going. And they're currently tied for fourth place in the Atlantic division. So they have slipped. They were, they were up in second place. Bridgeport currently sits in second place with 50 points. Uh, so it's, it's quite a bit of a differential there. Um, so hopefully they can find a way to turn that around quite soon. We, however, are going to take a quick break. We're going to bring you uh, a couple of brief uh, commercial messages. We're going to grab a drink of water. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this week's AHL Player of the Week and a team out in the Western Conference who is finding their way to scratch and claw their way up through the standings and and really become uh, possibly a playoff series contender. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back after this short message. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Well, this week, uh, the CCM AHL Player of the Week, Rick, comes to us from the San Diego Gulls, and that is forward Sam Carrick, uh, who posted back-to-back three-point games last week with two goals and four assists as the San Diego Gulls extended their winning streak to eight games, which was the longest in the AHL this season. And First of all, stick tap to to Sam Carrick. That's that's quite an accomplishment for him, and and duly deserving of being the CCM AHL Player of the Week. But it is those same exact San Diego goals that I'd like to talk with you about because the goals for the first portion of the you know as as bad as Laval looked in the Eastern Conference to start the season for the first few months, um, and are and are still at the near the bottom of the rankings. The goals were. I think in last place for a while, uh, Western Conference and even even in the league overall, and they are just flying up the Western Conference standings uh, in in the last goodness. Um, I think they've won, they've scored points in 14 straight games, and I and that that eight in a row win was a franchise record. They just they just uh, lost an overtime game um, on Monday night, but they're just screaming their way up through the standings. They haven't lost in regulation in 14 games. They have 11 wins and no no losses in regulation in 14 games. Uh, It's remarkable. And Sam uh, Carrick, uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, leading the team in in scoring along with Troy Terry, who's a great um, uh, prospect. Uh, You look down the lineup, there's Chase DeLeo, um, uh, uh, Sam, Sam Steele, private eye, uh, who, yeah. who, uh, we remember from, from juniors. Um, and, uh, our good friend, uh, Adam Cracknell, who's, uh, chipping in and, and I'm sure is a great influence in the locker room. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a good story. It's, it, it's a great story. And, and, um, also, you've got uh, you got some tie-in with with uh, former um, um, Rocket head coach, and and um, that is uh, Sylvain Lefebvre um, there with Adam Eakins. So, um, no, they're they're whatever was plaguing them, and uh, I seem to remember they had uh, trouble with goaltending at the beginning of the year, uh, but whatever is plaguing them, they got turned around, and and they are absolutely on fire. Well, they certainly are. And <laughs> Dallas Eakins, uh, who, according to an article in the San Diego Union Tribune, uh, with that, with uh, a win 
in Stockton last last week, uh, became the winningest coach in the history of of the San Diego Goals, um, and the reporter basically asked him, "Okay, so so how has this happened? How do you explain this sudden turnaround?" And and Dallas Eakins, in in all of his <laughs> Succinctness said, quote, not sure how you edit this, but it doesn't effing matter, except he didn't say effing. <laughs> um, and, and so that and that was his answer pretty much throughout the, the interview was it doesn't matter how it's happened. The fact is it's happened. Um, Adam Cracknell, as you mentioned, has been uh, and Adam Cracknell didn't start the season with San Diego. He was traded there from Toronto. Um and he has he has been contributing yet again, like he seems to do on every team in the last year or so that he's been on. Um, you know, we talk about we've talked in the past about how Laval has been fortunate this season, and Joel Bouchard has been fortunate this season to not have a ton of player turnover because of injuries and and call ups and and things of that nature. Um, and just as an example. The goals are doing what they're doing right now, according to this article, as it says, in the face of 125 total transactions so far on the season. The next closest to that entering this week was Toronto with 106 transactions. That is a ton of player turnover for half of a season, um, and and one of the one of the staff is. Um, or the the captain is quoted as saying, our equipment guys have had a real tough time this year. New guys are walking in the door every couple of days, it seems. So, you know, you want to talk about, oh, it takes a while for players to gel and get to know one another and build chemistry. Well, how about having 125 transactions throughout the first uh, three months of your season and finding a way to, to put the longest win streak in the league so far this season together when you were buried at the bottom of the standings? Um really just a kudos to whatever it is that the players and the coaching staff are doing out there in San Diego. And they're not going to tell you, even if you ask. They're not. They're going to tell you it doesn't matter in a very colorful way. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I have to say kudos to Sylvain Lefebvre. He is one of the assistant coaches out there, uh, as as you mentioned. And, you know, people – Sylvain Lefebvre got a bad rap quite often in with fans and media, especially uh, the last, especially the last season that he was with the Montreal Canadiens organization. Um, and I certainly, you know, I, I'm glad to see that uh, he and his fellow coaches are having success uh, with a team that didn't look to be starting the season fantastically and, and now really has some spark and some hope as they make a playoff push. So kudos to them. Looking forward to seeing how that works out. Um, let's see here. I think we're going to take, uh, before we dive into our next bit, I think we're actually going to take our, our second commercial break now. Uh, just take a quick break. Um, and on the other side of it, we're going to talk about another former, uh, another name familiar with uh, former AHL affiliate teams of the Montreal Canadiens, and that's Mr. Connor Crisp. So uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to just send you to a quick commercial break. And on the other side of that, we're going to talk a little bit about what Connor's doing these days and some media attention he's been getting lately. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. 
The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rick, there's a, a, a name that we're going to talk a little bit about now um, who should be very familiar to Montreal Canadiens fans for the last few years as one of uh, a, a very promising prospect and, and fans of the St. John's Ice Caps uh, under the Montreal Canadiens affiliation. Um, and that is uh, Mr. Connor Crisp, uh, selected uh, 71st overall in 2013 by the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and we, we've spoken plenty uh, about Connor Crisp over the last couple of years, uh, done a number of interviews with him, spoken with uh, former coaches about him, uh, not only when he was playing with the St. John's Ice Caps, but also then um, when he went on to play uh, in the ECHL with the Brampton Beast uh, and went on a pretty good playoff run uh, in the Kelly Cup playoffs that year. Um We've always spoken very highly of of Connor, both uh, his his on the ice and and off the ice. Just uh, you know, really good work ethic, very talented hockey player. Um, unfortunately, usually uh, plagued by by uh, injury, um, but off the ice, great work ethic, great attitude, great personality, just a, a good good character kind of kind of guy and to have in the room. Um, and he he announced his at at the tender age of 24 announced his retirement from hockey earlier this year um and rick it's it's the reasons for him having to make that decision uh certainly didn't seem to be an easy an easy one for him and understandably so he he um uh, he had a, a, an awful lot of talent um uh, he was uh, in junior, a very successful uh, junior career with, with both Erie and Sudbury. And, and he was, um, um, uh, he had hands, he played with an edge. Um, he was, uh, wasn't afraid to drop the gloves, but, but, you know, uh, 22 goals with, with Erie, 28 goals with, with Sudbury. And, um, you know, the, the kind of guy that, that, um, you might see if if he was available today. You you might uh, think that that he would have been one of Claude Julien's first call ups. He plays that kind of uh, uh, physical game, um, mm-hmm. and and but has has uh, skill as well. Uh, and as you said, whether it was with Hamilton or St. John's, um, um, or or into his ECHL career, he he um, he kept running into to injuries and. Uh, um, uh, he, he was, you know, the kind of player that, that, um, every time we saw him, um, and every time we interviewed him, um, he just kept saying, I, I love this game. I, I love mm-hmm. playing hockey. I, I love coming to the rink every day and, uh, and hanging out with, with my best friends. And we have a couple of, you mentioned, uh, or we, we heard in the, uh, in the commercial about our YouTube um, channel, if you go there and 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 uh, search um, in in it was the, when he was with the Brampton Beast, we had a couple of great interviews, not only about just his comments about the game, but about him in general, about how he loves the game, how he, um, you know, that when we saw him with Brampton, it was um, even though he was with some pretty good teams, it was uh, that Kelly Cup run. It was the first time. Uh, that he had uh, been with a team that had won a playoff series. Uh, and yeah. he just said, you know what? I, I really want to come to the rink in flip-flops and shorts. Uh, I, I, I just, yeah, yeah, obviously, right. in, 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 in May and June kind of thing. Um, and uh, unfortunately, it, it was a career stopped by um, uh, a series of concussions and, and, he estimates uh, now that that he had seven or eight concussions during his his playing career, um, uh, possibly from that that physical style that he he uh, played. Although he said that um, he believes that that only one of those was due to to fighting, um, and the concussions. Um, uh, it was not only uh, the difficulty with and, and difficulty with playing, but 
the concussion led to uh, anxiety symptom, uh, symptoms and and uh, mood swings and and mm-hmm. uh, um, you know just a, a a very very difficult time um, with that and and um, um, it's 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 something uh, that that we're mentioning now because a uh, Radio Canada Radio Canada Sport um, um, did a uh, a short documentary on on him um, to to highlight uh, this issue of of concussion in sports and and how it can affect how it did affect Connor how it affected um, you know his family uh, there's some very powerful words by his mom and his girlfriend uh, in the video and it just um, uh, the entire thing is 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 a powerful commentary on on um, getting so close, as he said, getting so close to the NHL and then uh, being derailed uh, because of, of uh, concussions. You know, and it's, he really was that close. Uh, he, he, he mentions the, the first, the first major concussion was, was the, the one concussion he says that he received from a fight. And that was, in October of 2015. So it was right at the beginning of the season against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And he said, after that, that was his season. He didn't play again for the rest of that season. So you lose an, basically an entire season uh, from one concussion, comes back the next year, uh, still dealing with some headaches, but feeling okay. And, and then was, was in and out with with recurrent concussion syndrome symptoms and things of that nature. We're talking about a young man who, as you say, could very well today as a healthy hockey player, be someone that Claude Julian looked to first for a call up. Um, Very talented, uh, very good work ethic, very high hockey IQ. Um, We spoke, I know we've talked before Rick uh, on this program, uh, even last season about how um, how highly Donald Dufresne uh, spoke of of Connor Crisp and worked so hard with him to help him get back to game condition and on his skating and things like that. Um, and watching this program, um, I'm, gonna, I'm I'm gonna say it got it got a little dusty in here. Um, it's it's it is a very poignant look at what this game uh, and, and the physicality of it can do to these athletes. Um, and when you're, when, when you spend your entire young life with one focus and that's playing hockey and making the NHL and it is your life, it's you eat it and breathe it and sleep it and play it. And that's all and study it. And that's all you do. And, and to suddenly have to make the decision to cut that dream short very early because you can't control the symptoms that you're having because of a concussion has got to be one of the most heart-wrenching things to have to have to do. And you can see it in Connor's face. You can hear it in his voice. Um, and as you say, his, his, his mom was exceptionally um, effective in her interviews as well. Um, and it was it's it's something everyone should really see. Um, there is a there's a link to it on Connor's uh, Twitter timeline. He has he has a link to the full uh, video. And I, I recommend even if you don't know who Connor Crisp is, but you care anything about, um, you know, CTE is, is a is a big topic of conversation in professional sports these days. If you care anything about, you know, hockey players and, and fighting in the game and things that you, sh- you should really take just. 14 minutes and sit down and watch it. It's it's, you won't be sorry. Yeah. We'll put a link um, in the, the uh, uh, podcast post uh, that goes along. um, um, uh, So you can get to see it. Um, You know, I, I, if, if you've come to, to meet and know uh, uh, Connor Crisp, um, he's articulate, he's charismatic, uh, but he's charming. It's his, his smile that, that just draws you in. Um, and you mentioned Donald Dufresne and I remember, um, Donald Dufresne, uh, it, it might've been in, in Utica, um, after, after a practice, uh, just working him 
and uh, working uh, Connor Crisp and, and working him hard uh, to help him with his skating. And, and uh, Crisp was, um, you know, he was, he was sweating profusely, and, <laughs> but the smile was there. Uh, Donald Dufresne is one of the best teachers um, and very demanding and, uh, and, and Connor Crisp has nothing uh, but good things to say about him, about coach, but um, he was working so hard, but this big, bright um, smile, uh, just indicating how, how much he, he loved the game, how much he, um, he, he was just hockey uh, is his life. Um, And so when people say, you know, it's, um, it's just a game. Just walk away. It's 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 just not something uh, that these guys have an easy time doing. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm 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 happy to see that that he's now uh, uh, moved into uh, he's uh, after his his announcement last fall of of retiring. He opened a, a hockey school um, and uh, to to keep that connection. And he, he's He's going to now uh, pass on all the 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 knowledge and wisdom and and that that was something else in in the interview that we did with him um, he said that that um, he he's just so grateful for for every opportunity and every person so that that um, he he was just like a sponge he would learn from mm-hmm. from the veterans on the team he would learn from his coaches he would learn from from everybody he he met, and now he's he's uh, getting the chance to um, to pass that on, and uh, and good for him in in going from a you know a very uh, dark place in his life um, where where he was truly suffering, uh, hiding it with that smile. Uh, some of us you know weren't uh, didn't know exactly what was no. going on with him, um, but now has been able to. Um, move past that dark time and, and, uh, uh, and, and have a plan and, and stay with the game of hockey. And, um, no, it's not, uh, it's his, his dream kind of came crashing down of, of making it to the NHL, but he's, uh, he's certainly, uh, making the best of it and, and, uh, and giving back to the game that he loves so much. We wish him nothing but the best and nothing but continued recovery as well. He, he and his, his mom do mention that he does still suffer from the headaches. It's, it's, it's something he is still dealing with. So we wish him the best as he continues to recover um, and, and just want good health for him. And, and as you say, glad to see that he has found some happiness with the sport that he, that he does love so much. Um, and as Rick says, we will have a link for that in, in the post for this podcast on AHL.report. So be sure to look for it there. The other thing that you will be able to look for on AHL.report all week and weekend long, of course, is our coverage of uh, Laval Rocket games coming up this weekend. As we mentioned, they are at home playing the Belleville Senators tonight. Uh, and then they have two games back-to-back Friday and Saturday uh, against the Cleveland Monsters. Uh, and so that will uh, those will be some interesting games for sure. Our, our own Chris G. will be on hand Um Covering the games uh, Friday and Saturday, uh, you can find him at Chris Habs360 on Twitter, um, and he'll he'll actually also be there tonight grabbing some post game audio for us as well. Um, and you can also follow along with me at Flyers Roll. But the best place to go is just at the AHL Report on Twitter, and that's where you'll get all the information that you want about the Laval Rocket um, and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, as as we have coverage for them as well um and you can also find rick at all habs you make sure you're heading over to all habs hockey magazine occasionally as well if you're a montreal canadians fan uh and you're not following all habs well then you're missing out uh and and you want to be sure to tune in to rick and joe whalen's live habs podcast every saturday afternoon at 2 p.m uh sorry excuse me 1 p.m eastern time uh that is the canadians connection uh you don't want to miss that and uh rick there's also as we as you had mentioned there's there's youtube there's facebook there's instagram there's all sorts of places on social media for for folks to find us right 
absolutely. Um, for uh, for the Canadians' coverage, just uh, just type in all Habs, all one word, uh, and you'll you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and many other places. Um, we have a complete range of podcasts um, for you to uh, enjoy. Uh, there's this one from the press box. You mentioned Canadians Connection, our main uh, uh, Montreal Canadiens podcast. There's also Hab a Listen. Uh, there's Hab uh, Habs Unfiltered. Um, and if you go to your favorite podcast platform and search for Rocket Sports Radio, um, you'll be subscribed to all of them. Perfect. And you don't want to miss out on anything. We've got something for you every day of the week. Uh, if you want your Montreal Canadiens and Laval Rocket and AHL fix, uh, our family of, of publications um, is the place to come to get it. And uh, to get it from informed opinions, uh, credentialed reporters who are in the ranks and bringing you the information as it happens. Uh, so, Rick, thanks so much. This was a great show. We covered a lot of different things. Um, and uh, appreciate you being here. And uh, I guess we will keep everyone tuned in to what's happening with hockey uh, throughout the rest of this weekend, this weekend. Um, And then we'll be back here next Tuesday. And if you have a favorite uh, rink where you get your popcorn, then, uh, then let us know about that too. And a a snack review in, in, uh, we haven't had a top 10 list in a while and, and uh, maybe we'll get to that uh, in, uh, in a few weeks. That sounds great. Give us all your popcorn tips. Enjoy National Popcorn Day on Saturday. Until next Tuesday for another episode of From the Press Box. Thanks so much for joining us. On behalf of Rick Stevens and the rest of the Rocket Sports Media team, I'm Amy Johnson, and we will see you next week. And keep on wishing. Remember your dreams is your only scheme.